This is Central Carolina Journal, a program that highlights events, programs, and slices of life happening throughout our communities. I'm Fred Brucker. Thanks for joining us. What you're hearing right now is a portion of the song Sunshine, performed by the Cliff Wheeler Band. They're one of 10 different groups being featured at this year's Carolina Indie Fest, happening in downtown Sanford on Friday and Saturday, September 29th and 30th. The two-day music festival has been gaining popularity with those in our region and has also become a destination event for some others around the state. Bill Freeman sat down with the event organizer, Tim Emmert. They discussed what it takes to put on a show like this and talk about some of the groups that will be on stage at this Downtown Sanford Music Festival. So with IndieFest, we know it started through another entity and was scheduled for an annual event. And since then, you have taken it and done what? Really, we met Cliff Wheeler and uh, you know, I asked him, is it possible that we could do a large-scale music festival here because we have so much space? Right. There's no sense that we stick to just having a first Friday event where we have a band play for an hour, hour and a half. We could do more. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, I could see that. He said, I might know some people. And that began the discussion about the original Indie Fest. And that was Indie on Air came in and they set up year one. They handled all the music and production right. and so on. And they did a very good job with that. So that was year one. Year two, May 2022, the day that they were going to submit to the city to close off the streets, they filed for bankruptcy. Right. So we actually took a month to think about, should we do this? Because they lost money the first year they did it. Right. They also put like something like 40 bands on stage. Exactly, yeah. I, I was doing the math in the yeah. back of my head, looking at the business model going, hmm. It seemed. Not sure it's sustainable, but that's just my personal opinion. And so we had to figure out for ourselves what was possible. Yeah. And we did. We were able in three months to pull it off, but then we had some learning to do additionally. And so. But the cool thing, and the cool thing is it's free to the public. Oh, it's, uh, yes. And that's what I don't think everyone quite comprehends. Maybe, like you said, the logistics and the, the behind the scenes putting it all together. So putting on a festival of this nature, your bare minimum is going to be between twenty five and $30,000 just to get it on stage. Because mm-hmm. you've got to get the technical people on board. you got to get the talent on board. you got to get a stage. Yeah. yeah. You know, all these things. And then um, you make trade-offs everywhere along the line. So, again, I'm learning at it. This is our third year, but our fourth Indie Fest. We decided right. to do two this year. We did one in May, and we're doing this one on the 29th and 30th of September. And I did that because I felt like if we're going to do this thing, we need to really get people's attention. Yeah. And we're not going to do that by doing it just once a year. Right. So right. I said, I will commit my time to doing this twice this year. And um, it was definitely a challenge. In my mind, when we were talking about trade-offs, I was thinking, okay, the first stage that we got, there was a certain cost there. But mm-hmm. in May, the stage guy came back and said, oh, yeah, I told you I might get this extra special decking for it. Right. That's going to be another $2,000. Oh. Things like that happen. I just said, this fall, we can't have surprises. Right. So I went with another company. I saved a little bit of money. Right. But the way they do banners, that extra money I saved went into banners okay. <laughs> because of how they're required for the stage to look well. So right. Yeah. People, so. again, people don't understand or necessarily.
necessarily think about that a a stage has to be a very stable entity. It does, and cover having a cover over the stage. Yeah, having cover over the stage, people think it's going to be a beautiful day. That's not always relevant, right? As well as sun uh-huh. doesn't make your equipment very happy when it's eighty-five to ninety degrees outside. Yes, Scott with Loggerhead, who does our sound engineering. Those technical challenges, he doesn't dive into with us, right? Right. right. This will be his fourth one, and uh, he just sets it, and he knows what he's doing, and he knows we're busy doing, doing other, other things. things. Yeah. Yes. So those other things, I've never gone out and had to, I'm gesturing towards our poster here, which has mm-hmm. our sponsors at the bottom, but you know, I'm not a terribly comfortable person going out and soliciting sponsorships. I've gotten slightly more comfortable with it, but most of it has to do with the fact that our sponsors are very nice people. It's not really in my personality to go out and do that, but I do it because I enjoy IndieFest and I've gotten to meet some really amazing people. But that's something that our sponsors probably went into this thinking, you know, we're going to do one IndieFest and here we are doing two. And so I had to solicit new sponsors for the fall, which initially seemed just like such a chore. And then it actually turned out to be delightful. We ran into a number of people who said, we've been looking for ways to work with you and just haven't been able to figure it out. And things have a way of working out. This festival has been nothing but positivity after we survived year one. So historically, how long have you been in the Sanford area? Since 2007. Okay. So I grew up here all my life. And as I've told people, got in bands or got involved with that when I was 15. And I won't say how old I'm now, but I'm decades and decades and decades of watching things like this get attempted and just never go. And so I feel like the climate in Sanford and Lee County has definitely changed because of not only the downtown Sanford Incorporated Depot Park shows that slowly built audience Mm -hmm. and then the city of Sanford picking up the summertime shows last summer and this summer and us having, you know, going from 20 or 30 people to 1,100 people. So the climate is ripe. And finally, I think your sponsors have realized that. Everybody's willing to buy in now, I think. Yeah, I get that sense. It's also one of those things, if you see it, it makes a big difference. Yes. Right? And that's one thing sponsors will say when we're at the festival. They just typically on, on Saturday, because at that point, they've been there Friday and Saturday. And it's just such a great way to spend two days is just constantly be surrounded by music and folks enjoying themselves. And once you see all these folks who are just smiling, singing, dancing, having a good time, it just kind of builds. And somewhere around, you know, five, six o'clock on Saturday, everyone is all smiles. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, this is this is great. We need this. And I feel like it's probably family friendly. Oh, it is. There's a little bit of everything at Indie Fest. And we're starting to see that if it continues as it did in May, one of the things that I appreciate is we have a crowd that represents well the community that this festival mm-hmm. is located in. And I mean that in every which way. There's folks bringing their kids, their dogs. There's always young folks who I'm sure are either just hanging out with friends or going out on a date. There's older folks who are bringing their lawn chairs, throwing them out. They're, they're claiming a spot right. you know, early on right. and then they're parking and that's absolutely fine. In yeah. fact, it's encouraged if you have a lawn chair, bring it out and get your real estate early. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We have a great number of folks from out of the area. I don't know why we have such a strong presence in Greenville, oh, but we get a lot of folks from Greenville. And the thing that we really focused on last year was this is going to be good vibes. This festival has to be good vibes because it was born with a company that ended up not making it. Right. And upset a lot of people when they went on to 
not do Wampus Cat Festival. Right, right. And everybody lost money, including us. We lost a few thousand dollars ourselves. Yeah. So And gross farms as well. So. Yeah. It was disappointing. But yeah. the nice thing is that born of that was a really nice good vibes festival. So. Yeah, and I don't see any bands out of Greenville. As I was looking over your list, I'm like, well, that's so interesting that Greenville's... Right? Yeah, I make sure now when we do online advertising, I have to include Greenville. Yeah, and with advertising, is it mainly just social media ads that you're placing? It's a little bit of a grind because one thing that we do is we get on event calendars statewide. Oh, right. You know, there we will be a little bit on TV. There is social media. We have an ad running for, you know, the Facebook event. Uh, we'll do some ads on Instagram. I just talked to Beasley Media Group. We'll probably run something with them. They've got mm-hmm. some different options. I think I've done something with NC Tripping for folks who are out of the area coming to festivals. Right. I try all sorts of things just to see what the right fit is. There's a little bit of everything. I'm new with this. Right. So if I can find things that work, I keep them. And do our local tourist people oh, offer yeah. advice and or? Wendy with the TDA okay. is, is exceptional. She's very supportive. Yeah. So, you know. When, I presume that. I just didn't want to go out on a limb. <laughs> oh, no. The whole board has been awesome. It's a fantastic organization that's just there to promote the area right and they really do a wonderful job curating events and helping attract visitors they're behind a lot of the things that you look at and say with with great pride yes sanford offers that so that's really nice to see kelly with dsi is very supportive so between the two of them we have some really great support yeah but also the tda board you know, they represent a variety of interests throughout sanford all of which you readily recognize as being like part of the heart of the community And they've recognized this as being exceptional and hopefully well run and continue to want to be a part of it. So I'm always appreciative to them. To clarify to our listeners, I'll say it's uh, Kelly Ladotti with Downtown Sanford Incorporated and Wendy Bryan with our tourism and development Mm -hmm. group. Yes. I know the sound lighting staging companies can't just show up the morning of. So how early do you make space for them to come in and start the process? That's funny that you say that. I always offer whenever they want to come in and do the setup, that's fine. But it's funny that you phrased it in that way, because this year is the first year that the stage will arrive on Thursday, but they won't start their setup until Friday morning. Gotcha. So they literally will be the day of the event. And it's made me nervous. Well, these are professionals. I have no right. idea of their business. So that's that. And it starts at what time on Friday again? Five o'clock on okay. Friday right. and three o'clock on Saturday. And that reminds me of something I, I want to talk about because I really respect feedback I get about the festival. I listen to people who tell me, for instance, after our first year, I think somebody said, you know, there were a lot of Sanford folks out on Friday and Saturday was more of a mixed crowd of visitors. And I've thought on that. The second year was the same way. And I thought of that and I said, you know, I'm going to start positioning the music so that it's geared more towards what I think Sanford wants to hear mm-hmm. on Friday. And then on Saturday, it's anything goes. So Friday, I try and do a mix of rock country alternative gotcha. ish. And then Saturday, it's an anything goes approach. I really want to blow some minds. We've got some great artists, but that's the approach to, to scheduling. Gotcha. That's what I want to do. So that's one thing I've listened to that people have told me, and I think that makes sense. Friday night, you're getting off of work. You're probably not going to come here from Greenville, for instance, on Friday night. And just to hear that music, be here by 5 o'clock. But Saturday, you can and spend the night. Well, on both days, you've got Sanford-based bands playing. Yep, Cliff Wheeler, as you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, he plays on Friday night, and then Ort Patrol or some local guys that uh-huh. happen yep. to know, and they're 
on Saturday. So yeah, and that, if anybody it, wants to say they're good old local folks, you know, well that's true. And I think Cliff has played every indie fest to date. I don't know if he's going to want to continue doing that, but I book him because he does an awesome job. We're grateful to him because he always seems to know before I even go out and talk to him about something. He seems to know ahead of time, like yeah, yeah this is where your mind's going to be at. So he's got this wisdom to him that we are very grateful for. And um, Orb Patrol, I was, I had in my mind that they would play in 2024 but the group came out with new music this year right and that just is too good an opportunity to pass up you know cliff's going to be performing some songs as well that have not been performed on stage before and um, um, yeah. bands rely on merch sales so they rely on people coming and there and is buying t-shirts and hats and vinyl nowadays a lot of people are back into vinyl again and yeah, everything. I mean, anything they can throw out there yeah. on that merch Hats, table. Yeah. yeah. Paleface, when they've played, because he's played a couple of our festivals, he does these drum snares. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right? That painted. Yeah. Right? Huh. That's Just You know, these are all very creative, very imaginative people. Yeah. Right? And there's a lot of interesting things that make their way onto those merch tables. Yeah. And a huge variety of, of music, too, looks like. Yeah. Charlotte Ammons is a very unique artist. I can't wait to see her. Yeah, yeah. I've seen her once. Oh, have um, you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is a triple threat because yes. she has her own poetry. Yep. And I did just purchase her book and Amazon is taking a sweet time to get it to me. <laughs> and then, you know, she has her music. And we get a lot of submissions from rap artists. Yeah. More than you might expect, given that prior to this, I don't think we've ever had a rap artist at Indie Fest. Yeah. And it's not due to disliking the genre it is due to a lot of it it's not just that they're not like family friendly right it's not very good vibes type material yeah, right. there can be a lot of misogyny and just some themes that you know i think maybe these are very young people who just haven't worked out yet right right and you don't want to promote that no and i get it yeah, yeah. and charlotte has some tough things that she talks about yeah and she does them in an adult way and I'm really in love with what she has done with her backing instrumentation, which she overlays with. I really think it's spoken word more than rap, but mm -hmm. it depends because she can just kind of take off into rapping. And so she herself says something in her bio about like you can't really pigeonhole her very easily. You know, I thought at first that's just an artist being an artist and promoting <laughs> themselves. But it actually from having to struggle with promoting her, I believe that to be true. Yeah. And I just think she represents to me what Mike Dillon and the Punkadelics did when they came in and did an all percussive instrument set on Friday of Indie Fest last year. And people either loved him or hated him. But he needed to be a Saturday set because oh, okay. that Saturday is where you blow people's minds. And <laughs> that's where he needed to be. But Charlotte, I think, is going to do the same thing. And it's exciting to have her there. And I think when folks see her, they're going to say, oh, yeah, that's why this is so special. Yeah. You know, again, the feedback thing. One of the bits of feedback that I've heard from several people is they did not like. So, for instance, they may say, I don't like country music, mm -hmm. but I really like Cliff Wheeler. Right. Right. That makes me feel good because I feel like I'm trying to curate a musical experience with people who are exceptional. You haven't heard of them before. They probably aren't going to be playing a whole lot this year. There are only so many venues that will accommodate some of these right. artists. And speaking of that somewhat, indie. what criteria does a band qualify to fall into that category of indie rock or indie That's music? Funny. It's slightly easier to define than than the genre known as Americana. Oh, that is, I can agree <laughs> with that. Yeah. 
I know in our first year, there was a lot of excitement because one of the artists was signed to a label mm. right after they got off stage. And that was really exciting. And some of our artists are signed to labels. Right. You know, for me, indie means these are folks that at some point they may have a big break, but it's not currently in the cards. Right. Mm-hmm. And these are still amazing musicians. I mean, Skylar Gadez is closing out Saturday night for us this year. Her lyrics are amazing and her music's amazing and she has a theater background and it's very artsy. But is it going to have a terribly broad appeal? Maybe so. I listen to some artists like when I listen to her, I listen to Mom Rock from May. I say, why are these guys not already known? Like big, yeah. Yeah. And And um, she's out of Durham. Yes, she's out yeah. of Durham. And um, again, with Charlotte, I mean, she's played with the Indigo Girls, right? Right. A lot of these people have associations that are really high level. Yeah, nationally known acts. you've got listed, or she has listed that she's been on stage with Ray Davies. And that goes back to the kinks for anybody's our age. Right, <laughs> so. right. I mean, it's astounding some of the associations that these folks have. So back to your question, I don't have a solid definition of that. And I don't know if we had a major recording artist come in and yeah. they said, would you want me to play a set at Indie Fest? Which would have to be virtually pro bono in their well, I was just going to say, it terms. depends on the price tag. Right. Yeah. But something like that happened. I don't see where we would necessarily say no. Right. I think we'd have to talk about what that meant. Yeah. But for right now, what we're talking about is a festival that has awesome musicians that you may not be aware of that. And that's what's exciting to me. My life now is mostly listening to indie music. I've looked up a bunch of stats about, like, what is America listening to? Right. So many Americans have begun adopting artists that are not Taylor Swift's mm-hmm. and Lizzo and all your major names, right? right? They're expanding their horizons. And I don't know if it's strictly due to some of the blowback against having to spend hundreds of dollars on a concert to see your favorite musician. I don't know if that's it. I like to think it's that there's a lot more streaming options available. I was going to say that has been my experience is that people do it whatever way, YouTube slash Spotify, when they set up, here's what I like and the algorithms start dealing bands or musicians that are similar to that. Um, I also see some opportunity. I know some folks who use Shazam at the end of uh, TV shows when there are often really good musicians Mm -hmm. that are performing music and people are picking up on those artists, and I don't know where that goes from there, except some, there's so many. Yeah, sometimes it'll also be embedded in like a subtitle. You know, a song is being played by so-and-so when you're streaming a show off of Netflix or I know people, Amazon Prime. Yeah, I know people that that's, you know, how they encounter new artists. Yeah. Is they, they and listen. it's way cool. <laughs> it is really cool. Any way you can find good music yeah. is way cool. You got four bands on Friday, is that right? Yes. Jeremiah McKinley Band, Heat Preacher, Gooseberry Jam, and Cliff Wheeler. And then Saturday, you've got Food Truck Rodeo. And both days, Food Truck Rodeo. Okay. Yep. Okay. Gordon's kicking things off yes. with Ort Patrol, Ort Patrol on yep. Saturday and Charlotte. That's one of the things I wanted to talk okay. about. We talked about Charlotte a little bit. Yeah. And what a struggle it is to talk about her music because of how it is. It's somewhere between rap and spoken word. And to put her in the middle of a festival is challenging. And it's actually kind of challenging to put in order Mm -hmm. to all these bands. And I put a lot of time and thought into it. And I put it in front of other people to say, what? Yeah. Yeah. You're looking for a flow, for an energetic kind of build. Right. And typically people will say, well, you don't want to take a step back in terms of energy. You just want to 
build, build, build. And we have done this before in May, a lot of high energy bands, but a lot of high energy bands also have a lot of people who are just sort of wasted uh, <laughs> for the third group. <laughs> one, of, one, of the pre, one of the scriptures used was shouters. They were shouting. Oh. That was the lead singer was just really loud. See, I right? called them lead screamers. Lead screamers. metal bands to me. Yeah. But then I took that as feedback too. And I focused, especially on Saturday this year, people who were really good lyricists. And I include Ort Patrol in there because mm-hmm. even though I told Gordon again and again, I cannot understand the lyrics for some <laughs> reason. My wife can understand the lyrics very well and had to explain to me all sorts of things about what the band was doing. I just like the music. (laughs) It's tough to kind of put an order to some of these bands. Charlotte was a challenge because how do you position her in this festival? And so I said, okay, we're going to put Orbit Patrol first because they're punk. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be right in people's faces, grab their attention, and Charlotte's not going to let them go. The third band that's coming up right after them, They are wonderful folk rock instrumentalists, and their lyrics are also very compelling. And they're called Farewell Friend. Farewell Friend. And I'm hoping they make the perfect sort of transition because if you're paying attention to what Charlotte has to say, and I don't think you'll be able to avoid that, you'll also have the same effect with them. They're very powerful. And it's funny, there are some things about some of Farewell Friends. I don't always like some of their lyrics, but they're so memorable. They're here now. I'm gesturing to pointing my head yeah. on an audio medium that makes a lot of sense. The next artist, Kara Granger, first thing that jumps right out about her is she's from Sydney, Australia. And I'm okay, so <laughs> where's, where's where does going? that come from? Yeah. How much did that cost you to fly her over? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she's been in the US for some time now. She is one of those artists who has played blues for two decades now. She has played on stage and with probably some of the bigger names in blues. And she plays slide guitar. And she's got a voice. She and Skylar, when I heard their voice, I said, I got to get them as close to the evening hour as possible. Because there's just some bands that you want to hear at night. Mm-hmm. You know, they just have this voice that seems to work well with just a little bit of mystery and so on. And she's just got a really nice, silky, smooth voice. Great blues lyrics. I get kind of addicted to listening to some artists. She is one that I just sort of put on cool. and let it go. Yeah. You know, because I can dive in and I'm there for an hour. Yeah. So, yeah, she's that. But she's also smooth. Who's the way to, um, I think Reese comes Reese. up. And Reese is one of those artists that it's probably, I don't know how fair it is to say that if you listen to her, you've probably heard Janis Joplin hmm. without okay. listening to Janis well, Joplin. I, I listened. Her name is Reese McHenry, and I listened to her interview that Gordon Anderson did yeah. on the Rants podcast, and she's just very down-to-earth, engaging person. She, and Frankly, it sounds like, from my understanding, she's probably lucky to still be here. She had a series of strokes mm. that disabled her to the point that she was not only unable to sing, but she needed some assistance. Wow. And she has worked her way back from that. And already I was amazed at her when I heard her music. And I love her song, Detroit, because it's about she lost her man and now she's going to Detroit to get him back. <laughs> and I said, oh, I like that. You know, I like the spunk and great story. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, all of her music has a really nice soulful quality to it. And then she'll also just tear the top off the stage with her voice when she needs to. I really think that's going to be something that if you came to the festival and didn't know who Reese McHenry was, you're going to come away knowing who Reese McHenry is. Gordon Anderson, who interviewed her, said she was part of a garage rock band. Okay. And that's how he had known her. Gotcha. 
when I'm looking at bands, I'm looking at Reverb Nation. They do a, okay. a campaign for us every year. We get unsolicited stuff all the time over any number of uh, yeah. outlets. Like I had a gentleman who just walked in on Friday and wow. was like, I do country, you know, blah, blah. Great. We'll listen to you. And yeah. then I look who's playing at venues from Asheville to Raleigh. I try and nail not only who I like, but obviously who we can afford. Yeah, that was going to be a question as to how did you find the bands? Because some people obviously use booking agents, but in this case, a lot of these bands that just doesn't fit their well, profile, as we say. And, and, and that's a good point, too. We do have booking agents who will send us their catalog of artists and I've been surprised at a number of things. One is the number of artists that I like that would not be top card. We went out to Asheville in May, and I wanted to go see some concerts. And the first performer, I liked a lot better than the folks who were hitting the stage later. That happened in a couple instances. I said, yeah, that's probably the way it is out there quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is we've had artists that I've never heard of before that they're not bad, but they'd come back and say $40,000 is what we would get for a show. Not here. <laughs> yeah. If you ever want to work for about a 40th of that, let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it really emphasizes to me, there's no question that there are some really awesome artists out there who merit incredible amounts of money, but there's also a lot of artists out there who are just as good. It's cool that you've got artists that, A, you've got a range, obviously, of affordability. Yeah. I mean, there's a scale of economy here. My budget is zeroed out. Right. There is no profit coming to us. I don't make money off this. I don't make a salary exactly. off of this. I yeah. do this just because I really enjoy it. If things weren't turning out one way or another, if we didn't have Corey doing these awesome graphic design, if we just weren't able to get the bands that we wanted to get, if it became unaffordable one thing, it wouldn't happen. So it's nice that we're in that sweet spot. We're able to make it happen. Yeah. And that I have the time to do something like that. I don't know if next year we're going to do one or two. One thing that we've talked about, which would be really exceptional, is we have somebody who can do a stage mm -hmm. on the street and run shade sales off the top for right. the audience. Because that's one of the things we saw in year one. Great stage, great sound. People huddled up against the buildings because right. that's where they could get shade. And you're not having to block streets off anymore. No, but we do have to get permission for the parking lot that's mm -hmm. just above our beer garden. Right. That's part of proving to the city that we have like insurance. Another can... thing people don't think about that <laughs> goes into the cost of doing this. It's, it's just a little <laughs> little bit of everything. But yeah. I've tallied it up in my head at one point, and it's about 250 people to coordinate with just to pull off one yeah. of these. And my vibe from the city is that they're – pretty much on board with something like this. I get a lot of supportive comments. Yeah. Yes. I'm appreciative. We couldn't do it without that additional lot, even though we have a lot of space. We need every bit that we can get. There's a lot of people that are going to be there selling items. And mm -hmm. as vendors, there's going to be food trucks there. There's going to be a lot of folks walking around. We just, we flat out need that space. And they've been very good about allowing that to happen. Now, on the other hand, we work very hard to make sure it's a good experience for the city, too. Right. Saturday night, after everything closes up, I'm walking the parking lot picking up trash. We want it to be positive for everybody. And it's nice that the vendors that we have, they're all entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. They're all trying their mm -hmm. hand at something. It's really cool that, that we can make a space that they can be successful. And I know they're successful because they're asking me at the end of IndieFest, When's the next one? We have a good core group of people that we add to throughout the year. 
And we have some really cool new folks like this Gus McHenry Books. It's a bus that's converted to a used bookstore. Oh, wow. That'll be parked out in the parking lot on Saturday. And then we've got Sandy Cole, Cole Pottery. Yeah. She has not thrown pots in a few years. That was a little coup for us that we got her to come out of retirement. I spoke to her this weekend. She was throwing pots for the festival. Okay. So that's really awesome. It's nice to be able to have that aspect to it, right? That's the festival side. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. it's... A music concert right. that's free. Yeah. So I applaud your efforts and all of your work and Thank you. time and energy and passion put into something like this. The Fall 2023 Carolina Indie Fest is happening on Friday, September 29th, starting at 5 p.m. and Saturday, September 30th, starting at 3 p.m. It takes place outside of Hugger Mugger Brewing, located at 229 Wicker Street in downtown Sanford. Concert goers are invited to bring lawn chairs. There will be food trucks and other experiences to enjoy in addition to the music. There's no cost to attend the festival, but there will be opportunities to buy food and merchandise. A full schedule of the bands and other information can be found online at carolinaindiefest.net. They also have a presence on Facebook at Carolina Indie Festival. And that's going to do it for this edition of Central Carolina Journal. To hear past episodes, visit 883wuaw.com forward slash ccj or search WUAW on your favorite podcast app. And if you have an idea for a future episode, give us a call at 910-814-8830 or email us at wuaw at cccc.edu. Central Carolina Journal is a public affairs presentation of Central Carolina Community College and its radio stations, 90.5 WDCC and 88.3 WUAW. Closing out our broadcast is the music of Ort Patrol with their song, Flying Saucer Working Party. I'm Fred Brucker. Thanks for listening.